Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Paracast edition of our Legends and Lore episode on the Fairhaven Monster. This episode originally aired on our Patreon feed last year, and it's a part of our Patreon Legends and Lore podcast series. As I've previously mentioned, every so often one of these rare episodes will be released to our main audio feed. This podcast series focuses on smaller locations, legends, and various short stories our team has come across during our travels. And with everything that's going on at the moment, I decided this month would be a good time for this episode to escape from the vault. First off, I would like to thank everyone for the feedback and condolences I've received on a recent Michael Hale tribute episode. I had quite a few people that stated they cried while listening to the episode. I'm honestly glad that I chose to keep my raw emotions in it. It was a hard episode to record, but I wanted to make sure that Mike received his due for what he's helped us accomplish over the years. While I'm sort of taking a small break from the ghost side of the paranormal at the moment, our team will eventually continue to move forward as planned, as I know that's what he would also want. I'm just going to need a little bit more time to recover before I get back into the full swing of things. So again, thank you all for the support during this time. Before I get into this month's episode, I would like to remind everybody that the Paracast is affiliated with Ghost Stop. If you or your team's looking to upgrade your equipment, or want to take a look at some of the latest gear on the market, make sure to click the Ghost Stop affiliate link in our audio player's show notes. Ghost Stop has a wide variety of paranormal devices, everything from thermal imagers, digital recorders, EMF devices, and about anything else you might be looking for. By clicking on our affiliate link, our show will get a percentage of your purchase, and it will help with the show's operating cost. So please keep our show in mind if you're looking to place an order with them in the future. Ghost Stop. Equipment made by investigators for investigators. This show is also affiliated with Buzzsprout Podcast Hosting. If you're interested in getting into podcasting, make sure to click the Buzzsprout link in our show notes. By using the link, you'll get a $20 credit for your paid account after two months of usage. Buzzsprout offers amazing tools for their host and several cool features to keep track of your analytics. And speaking of those cool features... Make sure to keep an eye out for our new Buzzsprout monthly subscription program that'll be available soon on our audio player. Until now, the Legends and Lore series was only available to our Patreon subscribers, but these extra episodes will soon be made available via monthly subscription on our audio player as well. I will also be offering shoutouts on the Paracast as well, and a few other things in the near future, so stay tuned for updates. With all of that being said, it's time to journey into the depths of small-town Ohio and learn about one of Mansfield, Ohio's unique and, well, hidden cryptid tales. Behold the terror that's the Fairhaven Monster.
Hello, CBUS Paranormal Patreon supporters, and welcome to the first episode of Legends and Lore. I'm your host, Jonathan Robson, and I'm excited to be at the helm of this new Patreon series. The Legends and Lore show will focus on smaller locations, monsters, hauntings, and legends, and these episodes will be made exclusively for you, our monthly Patreon subscribers. Your contributions go a long way for not only the CBUS Paranormal Paracast, but all things CBUS Paranormal. And I truly appreciate your support. Eventually, a few episodes of Legends and Lore will fall onto the Paracast main audio stream, but this will happen months after you've had exclusive access to listen to it, and some of these episodes will only be available here on Patreon. The main idea of this new show is to bring our monthly subscribers exclusive content, and to also give us a unique space to dive deep into the depths of weird stories, legends, and folklore. Today's episode will be a unique one as we'll be discussing a monster that you've likely never heard of, a monster that terrorized Mansfield, Ohio for a while in 1963, the Fairhaven Monster. Despite our team's name, I've spent most of my life growing up in northern Ohio, and when I first heard the story, I was surprised that I had never heard of it. I'm very familiar with the downtown Mansfield area, and I immediately knew the area of the sightings. So I was struck with curiosity, I knew I'd need to dig into this possible cryptid and story to get a clear idea of what happened in Mansfield nearly 60 years ago. Our story begins in July of 1963. Keep in mind the time period here. This would have been a few years after the Charles Mill Lake Monster sighting, and right around the time of the Orange Eye sighting near Mansfield that happened at Charles Mill Lake. So monster sightings were big around this time period, and also around this general location. We'll get to why that's important a little bit later in this episode. The following article was printed by the News Journal on July 27, 1963. Harry Monster Has Folks in Tizzy A hairy, horse-headed monster with large, luminous eyes and misty gray fur has residents of the Richland County Fairgrounds in a tizzy today. Sheriff's deputies spent most of the night searching wooded areas near the fairgrounds after residents reported that an eerie apparition was about. The night-prowling Fairhaven monster has reportedly been seen in its hair-raising entirety at dusk, but most reports of the mysterious being involve only glimpses of a hair-covered back heading for the woods at dark, or eyes large and shining like a cat's. The monster was first seen last night by G.W. Cox, about 9.30 p.m. Cox said he was checking his barn when he heard a noise in the creek behind the barn. Flashing the light on a ravine, Cox caught a glimpse of the monster which immediately crashed off through the woods. Cox said the thing had long hair and walked like a man. I just saw its back. It walked like a man, not like a bear, Cox said. Young James, 13, and William Cox had earlier told their father that they had seen the thing off and on for nearly two weeks. They first said they saw it the day after the Oral Roberts crusade left the fairgrounds, but we didn't believe them. And I saw it, and now I believe it, Cox said. Jim Cox told of an encounter with the thing last week. He said he and his brother were walking on Walker Lake Road when the monster rose up in front of them. Bill threw a pot bottle at it and hit it. It growled at us and ran through the woods. It was about seven or eight feet tall, three feet wide. It looked like a gorilla, but had a head like a horse, and swung it around. It's got the biggest eyes I ever saw, and it runs real fast. It broke off a three-inch tree running through the woods, James said. After spotting the monster last night, Cox notified neighbor Jim Schaefer. 
After helping search for the thing, Schaefer took his family to the home of his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Earl Schaefer, caretakers of the county fairgrounds, to spend the night. Miss Schaefer said today that she came home from work about midnight to find cars and people crowded around the home of her son. She and James were later drinking coffee in the Schaefer's home on Lance Road when they heard the awfulest noise. Miss Schaefer said the noise wasn't a growl or a cry. It was the awfulest noise I ever heard, Miss Schaefer said. The dogs to the dog pound were barking. Our dog came to the door and whined like he'd been hurt. We couldn't sick him on it. He wouldn't go, she said. James took a shotgun and fired a shot when he saw eyes about the size of silver dollars in a ravine near the dog pond. The thing reportedly dropped, but it got up and ran off into the woods again. After the original sighting was made public, calls started pouring into the Mansfield Police Department that night and to also the News Journal newspaper. The sheriff's deputies were getting concerned over the involvement of firearms in the community. Overall, deputies turned away more than 20 cars from the Fairhaven vicinity about mid-evening. Other freelance searchers on foot were also told to leave. There was no official estimate on how many curiosity seekers were driving and walking past the area on that night. At any rate, officers were asking thrill-seekers and nervous neighbors to lay down their pistols, pending further developments. So that's a lot of information to process. The locals were clearly terrified and had a few close calls with this monster. The monster was described as looking like a gorilla with a horse head, and described with distinct glowing eyes, which is extremely similar to what had recently been reported with the Charles Mill Lake monster and the Orange Eyes cryptid encounters. It was also reportedly seven to eight feet tall, ran really fast, and made awful noises. <laughs> what a crazy story already. That sounds like a lot of the typical cryptid sightings. Terrifying monster that defies all explanations. Several possibly credible witnesses that have encountered something that they couldn't explain. And a general panic within a community. I'm going to read this next article a little bit out of order, just to show how the community was feeling at the time of the sighting. This is from the News Journal on July 29, 1963. The monster was the object of a search by the Sheriff's Department. The thing had given jitters to people all over Mansfield. Numerous persons had made inquiries to the Sheriff's Department asking if they could shoot the monster provided they spotted it. A cruiser was kept in the area following Friday's hair-raising appearance of the thing. Persons were warned to avoid the area and not to take guns into the area. One Walker Lake Road resident did take a shot at the monster early Saturday morning near the fairgrounds, but he fortunately missed. So the trigger-happy Mansfield residents in the area were ready to get into the action and battle this beast. Notice I said fortunately missed, and here's why. The title of this article was, Show It's Silly to Believe in Monsters. The mystery of the Fairhaven monster was solved early today, shortly after the versatile beast split itself in halves, which ran off in opposite directions when it was challenged by a sheriff's deputy. <laughs> I read that line and I was immediately reminded of the scenes out of the Looney Tunes cartoons. The beast was challenged by an officer, split itself in two, and ran off in different directions. <laughs> Clearly, this monster was a hoax but it was an entertaining hoax nevertheless. I'll continue. 
The thing has been an object of search by deputies since Friday night when it scared the bejabbers out of Walker Lake Road area residents by putting in several frightening appearances. Variously described as being 8 feet tall, 3 feet wide, with shining eyes and a horse's head, the thing was spotted at 2.28 a.m. today by Sheriff's Deputy Melvin Switzer. Switzer spotted the monster crossing the road near 1214 Walker Lake Road. Switzer stopped his cruiser, pulled his pistol, and shouted halt. The thing suddenly split at the waist, the head portion running away. <laughs> Switzer caught the hindquarters and found Carrie Dean, 16, of 1214 Walker Lake Road, draped in surplus army camouflage overalls and tent. The head, later picked up at the Dean's home, was filled by Harley E. Rodebog, 15, 737 Belmont Avenue. The boys admitted that they were the Fairhaven Monster, dressing in the coveralls, tents, caps, and masks. The purpose of their prank, they said, was to show people how silly it was to believe in monsters. Sheriff John E. Steele said today that the boys were severely lectured on the dangers of their masquerade. Neither boy has ever been in trouble, and are not likely to be again, Steele said. I actually was able to find a photo from the papers of the officers with the skin monster. <laughs> I'll post that to our Patreon soon so you guys can have a look at the costume it was used to terrify the living bejabbers out of the Mansfield residence. I kind of like that old-timey word. I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> so was this just an open and shut case? Well, let's dig even deeper with an article on July 30th, 1963 from the News Journal. Sheriff Continues Monster Story Probe The Richland County Sheriff's Department today is checking out the story of two Mansfield area boys to determine whether they were the Fairhaven monster all of the time or just for one night. The two youths who were apprehended by Sheriff Lieutenant Melvin Switzer early morning told Sheriff John Steele they pulled the monster prank only once. The youths and their parents talked with Sheriff Steele today. One of the youths told Steele he had been at East Harbor from July 20th until Sunday afternoon. Parents of the other youths said they knew of the whereabouts of their son on Friday and Saturday nights. Both boys admitted they pulled the monster prank early Sunday morning to show people how silly it was to believe in monsters. The report of a Shetland pony being loose in the fairground areas on Thursday and another loose pony in Beals Road area east of Mansfield are being considered as possible sources of the monster story. Sheriff Steele said today he will check out all possible leads to get to the bottom of the situation. You two boys are still the prime suspects until we find otherwise, Sheriff Steele told the youths today. And finally, the case was considered officially solved on August 29, 1963. The following is also from the News Journal. The alleged Fairhaven monster which caused quite a stir in a county a month ago was a creature of a boy's imagination, Sheriff John E. Steele said today. The so-called monster scare started July 22nd. Nearly a week later, two youths were apprehended by the sheriff's deputy. The boys were dressed in surplus army camouflage. The boys admitted they put on hoods, jackets, and pretended they were the monster to show people how silly they were for believing in such things. The sheriff said it was true that the two were the monster on only one night, the night they were caught. After a month-long investigation by Sheriff Steele and one of his detectives, the case has officially been closed. Sheriff Steele said today that a boy who had been under treatment at the Mansfield Area Guidance Center since January admitted he created a story about the eight-foot hairy thing. 
Steele said the boy skipped school with another boy back in April or May, and the two hid in a barn off of Spring Mill Road. While hiding, they were frightened by something. The boy told his father about being frightened by a monster, apparently to cover up the fact that he had skipped school. The whole thing went on from there, Steele said. Altogether, six monster reports were made to the sheriff's office between July 22nd and July 29th. One man who reportedly saw the thing fired his gun at it, told the sheriff's dog started barking one night, and he fired his gun into the darkness thinking it might quiet them. The incident produced one minor injury, though. A boy who ran from the fairgrounds area on July 24th fell into a ditch and cut his leg. Sheriff Steele said he would not file charges against the boy who made up the monster story. <laughs> I think we all learned a valuable lesson here today. While there are numerous cryptid and monster sightings reported around the world every day, let's not forget the seriousness and dangers that each one can present. In this case, everything lined up as a classic monster sighting, only to fizzle out into a rather crazy and unbelievable story. The idea of this beast came from the imagination of a school-skipping teenager, and the story itself grew out of panic from the locals. They were so afraid of these stories that they were ready to shoot the creature on sight, and in one case, almost caused another serious injury. From there, two teenagers, who had nothing to do with the creation of the original story, put themselves into danger by posing as the creature after the investigation had started, and then ran from an officer when they were confronted. <laughs> Insanity. These two kids were lucky that they weren't seriously injured or shot during their prank. While the concept of believing in monsters might be silly to some individuals, running from an officer also isn't the wisest of moves. <laughs> so remember kids, don't skip school, pose as monsters, or run from police officers. It's not a combination for success. With that being said, that concludes our first episode of Legends and Lore. I hope you enjoyed this odd little story from Mansfield, Ohio, and have hopefully realized that the legends and lore can at times lead to mass confusion and pure chaos. After all, the human imagination is limitless. Once again, thank you for listening, and thank you for the support. I'll see you all again very soon. Well, that was a weird story, wasn't it? <laughs> There's one thing I wanted to clear up with the retelling of this story. On the last newspaper article, Sheriff Steele mentioned that two boys skipped school and one of them made up the monster story. 
However, the paper never mentions any names. I'm assuming Steele was referencing the Cox boys who allegedly threw a pop bottle at the monster and lived to tell the tale, and would later cause their father's moment of monster hysteria. (laughs) But I guess it would be possible that a third kid was somehow involved. Unfortunately, the details became pretty murky on that last report, and it appears that the two escaped ponies in the area only added fuel to the fire. Ironically, I took a trip to the Richland County Fairgrounds recently for their Civil War show, and I had this story in the back of my mind during the day. It made me wonder how many of the town's older residents had heard this story, remembered the chaos it caused, and likely wanted the story to remain buried for all of eternity. (laughs) After all, I've lived near the area most of my life, and I never even heard of this story until last year while I was investigating another case. Thankfully, Weirdos like me are still here to help cover and open up some of these weird old mysterious stories, and I certainly felt that the Fairhaven monster finally deserved its due. Next month, I'll be hosting our first interview edition of the Paracast with Prospect Place Mansion board members Jeff Cole and Amy Green. This should be a fun one, so stay tuned. Once again, thank you for the support, everybody, and we'll meet again next month. Thank you for listening.